0: That's desperation. And we've got to, church, get to a moment where we just don't care what others think. We don't care what ourselves think. We've got to cry out to the Lord. God is looking for desperate people. He said, I love those that love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout this world, looking for those whose heart truly belongs to him so that he can fully support them. God wants to support you. He is looking for you. Are you looking for Him? This is your moment. This is your moment. Time. This is your moment. Experience God's love and God's peace with us. See what God is doing for your neighbors at Cross Point. Be blessed with today's broadcast. Matthew fifteen twenty-one it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre Sodom. and Sidon. Behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. He did not answer her a word. That's hard, isn't it? When we're crying out to the Lord and he does not answer a word. His disciples came and begged him saying, send her away. She's crying out after us. That's the church people. Oh, man, up there at the altar again. Can we shut this service down? You're up there every week. That's the church people. Send her away. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. Now, a while ago, she called him son of David. Now she's saying, Lord, Adonai, help me. And he answered, "It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs." She said, "Yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table." And Jesus answered her, "O oh woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire." And her daughter was healed instantly. Whew. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we humbly come before you. Amazing, amazing God. We love you. You are powerful. You was here before. You'll be here after, God. There is none before you. There is none after you. You are the one true God. You are God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And we honor you this day, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. This is a story about a mama with desperate faith. She's from a completely different region. She's from a different culture. She didn't grow up in church. I mean, this, this is completely different than what church normally looks like. She didn't look like Jesus. She didn't look like the disciples, probably spoke with a little street slang, you know, the, you know the type, probably had tattoos across her chest and one running up her neck, you know the crazy people, had piercings in, in weird places, you know, the, the weird piercings us church people look at. Normally, this is a woman that would not step foot inside of a church. Normally, this is the woman that when the preacher came to town, the evangelist came to town, they'd be making jokes and laughing and pointing fingers. Well, something happened to her little girl, and none of the cultural things that she was sold out to mattered. None of the things she had been taught growing up, none of that stuff mattered. They had no value to her anymore. She wasn't concerned if everybody saw her latest tattoo. She didn't care where her latest piercing come from. None of that mattered. She was desperate. And it made her seek out the presence of Jesus. And isn't it amazing how the heat of hell in our life will point us toward heaven? We fuss about the devil all the time. But if you're honest, and you don't have to say it out loud because you don't want to admit it, if you're really honest, a lot of us are in the house of God because of a devil. We just got sick and tired of it. And nothing would fix it. Nothing could solve the problem so we thought, let's go to church and see what that does. And we sought out Jesus. It says that he went away from there and he withdrew to the district of Tyre. We'll go down through this. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy, O Lord, son of David, my daughter severely oppressed by a demon. Jesus and the disciples were in Gennesaret. And this is where he had healed the man of that had legion, all the multiple uh, demons. They were in Genesaret, and and they had healed this uh, this man, delivered the demon, or Jesus had delivered this man with all the demons, and and then it says they he left. That's what the scripture tells us. He left from there and he went to Tyre. This is modern day Lebanon. This is a thirty-five mile walk from where he was at in Genesaret. To where we call Lebanon to this uh, place of Tyre this was these were Baal worshippers this is where Jezebel grew up this is her father was king of Tyre at one time history tells us that he was a Baal priest and he killed the king he murdered the king and he usurped the throne and Jezebel was his daughter. That's the region. This is, of course, about 900 years before this. That's the location. This is what we're talking about. This is the society we're dealing with. This big, huge city that were Baal worshippers. They, they would have had no interest in Jesus. They were enemies of the Jews. They didn't like each other. They wouldn't be caught. Seen talking to one another. So he walks 35 miles one way. And this is the only story that we have about this trip. Because he leaves from Tyre and he goes to on, and then he goes on to Galilee. So it's, it's about a 100-mile walk. This is the only story that we have. But Jesus, can you imagine? Come on, uh, disciples, we're going to Tyre, and you know they've got to be thinking, "Why would we go there? They hate us. Why would we go to the only uh, one of the only non-Jew population areas? These people may kill us. We don't need to go there." But for whatever reason, this is where Jesus chose to go, and we can draw conclusions if we want to. Maybe he was on vacation. Maybe he just wanted to see the countryside. Maybe he just decided that this one person was just that important. One person, one Baal worshiper, one person that was so distant from the presence of God, and he went out of his way for this one person. So he goes into this city. We don't hear what he does we don't hear if we he went to a restaurant we don't hear if he went to obviously he didn't go to a tabernacle he didn't go uh, he, he just waited he just went into town and they hung out somewhere this is encouraging for us because no matter where you are in your life no matter how far You think you are from God. You may be in a friend group where nobody knows Jesus, but he's still there. He's still present. He's still waiting for somebody who just is at that moment to get desperate for him because I don't care who we are in this world, how we deny God, how we deny this or that, we can curse God. You get desperate enough, you'll say, maybe I'll try God. You get desperate enough, you'll walk into a church. You've mocked it. You've made fun of it. you said, oh, the ceiling will fall in when I walk in. But you get just so desperate, and you'll seek out God. This woman had a sick child, and obviously she had heard about Jesus. The story had gotten out. And we know through, through the Bible stories, many times we realize that the stories, the, the healings, the casting out demons, they precede Jesus. And for so, somehow or another, the stories had gotten here. Somehow she had realized, somehow she knew that, that this man Jesus was in town. This is the one that cast out demons. This is the one that heals the sick. Any other time, she wouldn't have given the time of day. Any other time, she wouldn't have walked across the street just to see what he was up to, but she was desperate. She was a mama with a sick little girl. Mamas will do some desperate things for their kids. And she began yelling, the Bible tells us. She didn't sneak up to him and hope nobody notices me. And, hey, Jesus, I, I got a daughter that's in a bad way. We don't really have a church here, but don't, don't, just don't act like you're talking to me. These people will disown me. The Bible says she began yelling, crying out, Jesus, help me, Jesus, son of David. She knew all the religious jargon. She hadn't been to church, didn't know church, but she knew the religious jargon. She knew who he was from a distance. Even though she wasn't a believer, she approached Jesus with honor. The first step to approaching Jesus is with honor. 1 Samuel 2.30 says, Those who honor me, I will honor. And she's crying out, Have mercy on me, Lord. Son of David, my daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. Crying and screaming out for her daughter. She said, I'm not a Christian. I'm not a member of your church. I got a bad reputation. I've been in jail. I was drunk last night. high the week before. I got tattoos. I've got piercings. But I am desperate for you, Jesus. She was everything that the church was not. But tragedy happened in her home. Tragedy made her desperate. And she's willing to risk everything because of this tragedy. Because this is the kind of thing that gets you disowned. This is the kind of thing where family says, I cannot believe you're going to that church. I cannot believe you're... what You spend all your time at church. It's a cult. You go to church more than one time a week, you will be called a cultist. It's a cult. I can't believe it. Why even go down there? What do you mean prayer on Thursday night? They'll have you drinking Kool Aid. You better watch them. She didn't care. Now if she had a demon and she was sick. She probably would have never left her house. She wouldn't have. This is her girl. This is her little girl. My mama was. A good old Baptist woman dad was a Baptist deacon and this was our lot. This is how I grew up You know the little southern missionary Baptists where they quiet as a church. I don't care what's coming out of the of the mouths of these Anointed singers it's incredible they get done It's just as quiet as can be and your skin's just sitting there shaking. You don't even know what's going on. You just can't hardly stand it And I had a minor tragedy I had a bicycle wreck when I was a freshman in high school and I got a concussion didn't really think it was a big deal I had to go to the emergency room and they had I, I'll never forget the scrubbing thing where they had to scrub all this out of my chin I had a lot of concrete in my chin that was tough but I went to school and a couple days later I was at school and sitting there at the lunch table and and something began happening. I got a little woozy. I got lightheaded and 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 my girlfriend was sitting there and put her hand on my back. She's like, you're drenched in sweat. I went to the water fountain and that's where I passed out over the water fountain. They drug me into the principal's office and the ambulance came and they took me to the hospital and what I remember is my little old Baptist mama in that emergency room going, hey, in the name of Jesus, you won't take my baby no you're healed you will not die you'll live I don't care if you're Baptist I don't care if you're Methodist I don't care who you are when you're desperate your praise gets ugly I'll never forget that I don't know if she remembers it or not but I'll never forget because I never saw it like that again but she was desperate for her child Mamas will go nuts for their kids. They'll do crazy stuff for their children. They'll make deals with a dope dealer for their kids. They'll do whatever it takes to save their child. And that's what this lady, that's what she's facing here. Job 13 says, Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Though God kills me, I'm still going to trust in him. But, but he goes on to say, but I'm still going to talk to him face to face. Job said, he may kill me. He may wipe me off. I may not make it through this, but I'm still going to tell him my story. I'm still going to talk to him. I'm still going to talk to the king of kings. I'm going to say, look what's going on with me, God. I trust you, but can you help me? Some I mean, of y'all sound like some Baptists out there this morning. This woman had been to the bell priest. She had been to the witch doctors. It was full of it. She had been to the medical doctors. Nothing worked. But when she heard Jesus was in town, she went looking for the healer. And that's what we do. We try everything there is to try. And finally we get to this point. We say, well, I'm going to try Jesus. I'm not talking about we come to church here and there. I'm not talking about, well, we go to a devotion a couple times a year. I'm not talking about that. Well, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 12 years old, and, and so I know that I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a desperation to where you don't care what your wife says. You don't care what your husband says. You don't care if it embarrasses your teenage kids or not. You're going to shout, I need the presence of God. That's desperation. And we've got to, church, get to a moment where we just don't care what others think. We don't care what ourselves think. We've got to cry out to the Lord. God is looking for desperate people. He said, I love those that love me and those who seek me diligently will find me. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout this world, looking for those whose heart truly belongs to him so that he can fully support them. God wants to support you. He is looking for you. Are you looking for him? Are you desperate for him? Are you desperate enough to seek him in spite of your religious upbringing, in spite of what your grown kids think about you, in spite of of what your friends at work might think about you? Are you desperate enough to pray. And keep praying. Are you desperate enough to believe in a miracle? Are you desperate enough to believe in this miracle? In the word from the Lord. Even though you really didn't like the last word he gave you. When you prayed and you sought him diligently. And she died anyway. And he left anyway. Are you Are you still diligent enough to seek the Lord for this situation? She wasn't just upset because her car broke down. We all get a little upset. She wasn't upset because she'd blown off her bill money and now they're going to shut her water off. She was desperate because she knew she was fighting a devil. She was fighting something completely out of control. And when you're fighting a devil, you will climb over your own pride. You'll climb over other people to get to the presence of God. When you're fighting a devil, I'm telling you, I say it again, you'll have an ugly praise. I used to always say cross-country was an ugly sport, Jason, because you don't see people running cross-country looking like this. You know, like Usain Bolt, you know, he gets done running, he does this number, and he's, he's the fastest man in the world. Cross-country runners come across the line. There's snot in their hair. There's spit everywhere. Their shorts are ripped. Some of them stained. It's ugly. And that's what our praise should be to the point where I don't care what anybody says. I'm going after God. I'm desperate for him to touch my life. God, you've got to move on my kids. When is the last time you were so desperate for God you were willing to mess up your makeup? I see people at the altar sometimes, hold on. Oh hold on. Hold, hold on. I want my little girl saved, but I don't want I don't want to run in my makeup. I gotta go eat after that. And men are worse. Well he's gonna do it, he's gonna do it. I ain't gotta get up there and act a fool. He wants to act fool, he can act a fool. That's what we do. we just come out of that situation in the mall last night, and you know, you got dozens and dozens of policemen with these <clears throat> rifles running through and screaming. They've got us locked up in this mall, and, and we make it out of that, and we're on the way home, and a deer darts right out in front of us, and I'm laying on the horn, locking her up. I do- Listen, the devil's going to try to knock you out. He will try to kill you. Keep going! don't stop make a joke about it roll on you've got a purpose for your life you're not in here by accident god has a calling for you pursue the calling well i'm not sure what it is then get your ugly praise on my god i've got an ugly one mm-hmm. i don't care I've got too much. God has put too much in this mind. I see too much stuff. I see too many people getting delivered, for me to say, "Well, I don't want to praise. I don't want to seek Him. I don't want to give Him my all because it's too hard." Are you kidding me? I'm I'm waiting, Ryan. I'm waiting for a dozen more views to walk through here in the next month. A hundred more views to walk in here in a couple years. I'm waiting for this place to be full of those delivered because saints of God got on their knees before the Lord and just snorted and cried and said, Hey, I need your presence, God. She was silent. He was silent. But Luke 11.9 says, Jesus is saying, he says, I tell you to ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened up to you. He said, asking, and keep on asking. That's what this lady was doing. She was continually asking. Seek, and keep on seeking. Knock, and don't stop knocking until he pulls you off this planet, or until he answers your prayer. Don't stop You've got to get to a place just like this lady was. You've got to get to this place where you're annoying you're annoying the kingdom. Annoy the church. Annoy the pastor. I got a 9-year-old little boy. I'm used to being annoyed. Don't stop. Your child is sick, keep praying. If your husband's lost, keep praying. Your marriage is on the brink. Keep praying. If you're lonely, keep praying. God will fill that void. Don't let the silence of heaven dissuade you. It may not mean a no. It may just mean, hang on. Got to move something or else around real quick. You hang on. You keep praying. You keep believing. God's looking for somebody who's willing to pray through. Finally, the disciples came. They begged him. Now, this sounds cruel. Send her away, for she's crying out after her. Send her away. Now, in that English context there, it it really does sound mean. But a little deeper dive into it tells us what they were actually saying was, Will you heal this woman? And Send her away. She's driving us nuts. They wasn't saying send her away. She's bothering us without the healing without the deliverance They were saying Jesus whatever you got to do, please get it done. This woman is crazy Lady we know your daughter's got a demon. That's what you said yesterday All day long. We're trying to eat lunch. He's not signing autographs now. We're trying to eat lunch Jesus Son of David, my daughter. Jesus, son of David, my daughter. Lord, would you please cast a demon out of her daughter so she'll let us eat. My sandwich is getting cold. That's what's going on here. That's the church. Send them away. They don't look like us. Send them away. They'll talk like us. Send them away. I know their history. Send them away. I know what they did send them away, Jesus is silent. But after the disciples opened their mouth, then he decided to talk. And he says, well, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. This is not my purpose. This is not my calling. I wasn't sent to this woman. She's a heathen. I wasn't sent to her. She's a Canaanite, not supposed to share the gospel. Now, keep in mind, Jesus is the one that said, let's go here. Jesus is the one that walked 35 miles out of the way. He's the one that knows he and these other disciples are the only Jews in this region. Yet he comes here and says, it's not my responsibility. I'm not supposed to be talking to her. I was called to the house of Israel. I was called to save the Jews. Now, this Lady right there, she could have apologized and, sorry to bother you, she could have <clears throat> gave them a few choice words. I mean, they were in a region where that's just part of the culture. A few hand gestures, flipping a table. She could have done a lot of stuff. But she chose to hang around he said what I've got I didn't come to give to you that's insulting to me But this is a desperate mama <laughs> this is a mom that has been praying for years for their child to be delivered and the church is saying, listen, we gotta, we gotta close up. And this mama says, not yet. I'm gonna keep praying. I mean, this is a mama that has been fighting for her daughter for who knows how long. And she wasn't willing, even at the word of the Lord, she was not willing to leave. Here's the next verse. is so incredible because, if you remember, she started out. She said, "Son of David," religious talk. If you grew up in church and you get out of church for a long time and you come back, well, you know the lingo. You remember the lingo. You know, you remember some of the churchy stuff. Some people don't even know what you're talking about. Well, the fire of the anointing is on me. What do you mean you're on fire? Don't even know what we're talking about, but we know how to talk it. And that's what she knew but then after he says i didn't come to give you this gift i didn't come to deliver you it says so she came and knelt before him and she said lord help me adonai help me before she had heard of jesus Now she's in his presence. Now she's face to face with him. Now she has a relationship with him. Now she's saying, Lord, 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 help me. It's not a distant thing anymore. It's not I've heard of you. I know who you are. It's a completely different change in her demeanor and her approach. And could it be? Sometimes the hell that you are going through, could it be God orchestrating some things to get you to call Jesus Lord? Because if we go in other places in the Scriptures, the Bible's real clear about how God says that He will discipline His children that he will use opportunities to get you to call him Lord. I can say it in my own life, running from God, running from God, till finally not only could I not run, I could barely walk until I called him Lord. What is your story? What did it take to get you to call him Lord? What did it take to even get you to walk in this building? What's it going to take to get you to say, I've had enough? It's ruining my relationship with my kids. It's ruining my relationship with my wife. It's ruining my relationship with my husband. I've got to stop, Lord. Not Son of David. Not church. Not Pastor Mike. Not Michelle. Lord. Lord, help me. He says it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Now, the word dogs here is kunare, and it, it actually means puppies. comes from a dog. Uh, 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 it comes from a word. The original word is kun, or hound dog, is the word. And this is derived from that word, which means puppies. And, and in these times, the Jews wouldn't use utensils. They used their fingers to eat. And the puppies would be in the house. And when they got done eating, their fingers would be dirty and they didn't have napkins. And so they would take the bread and they would clean their fingers with the bread. And they would throw it on the floor to the, to the puppies. Good bread. They would throw it on the floor. Wasting it. And she says, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. The woman agreed. She said, I get it. The Jews are God's chosen people. I get it. But Lord, I see what they're doing. They are wasting the bread, the bread of life. They are throwing the bread, the word of God. They were throwing you to the dogs. They're throwing you down. She says, I realize I don't deserve this, but all I need is just a crumb. I just need a little bit. You can give them the choice part. I just need a little bit for my daughter. And he says that sometimes when I'm in these scriptures, I imagine the actual gestures and the physiology of the person, and I imagine when she if you know the culture here and you know this, what we're talking about with the dogs and all that, we don't have time to get into all that. But when she says, I just, I just need the crumb, it, the Bible tells us what Jesus replies to her. And I just imagine him sitting down or leaning back and, 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 and hearing her say that, jumping up and saying, oh, my. Whoa. Lady, I've never heard this kind of faith in my life. Nowhere in the house of Israel, nowhere have I heard this faith. What incredible. And think about the humility. I mean, these are people that despise the Jews. They worshiped Baal. And she is humbling herself before the Lord and saying, I'm not worthy. But all I need is just a little bit. And he says, there's no greater faith have I ever found. Be it done for you as you desire. And the Bible says her daughter was healed instantly. See, it's the faith. It's your faith. It's your confident conviction that fuels that healing engine of God. I know it's a terrible illustration, but fuels God, it empowers it equips, it instigates God, it moves God. And I'm afraid we have a terrible habit Christians. We have a terrible habit in our prayer life of making our list. And and, and I'm not even saying running down I'm just saying sometimes we're like, "Oh God in heaven, blessed is your holy name. Lord, I approach your holy throne and I want to be in your presence." And Lord, I know that Jesus gave himself as a sacrifice for my sin and I ask you to forgive me of my sins this day. And God, my mama's sick. I pray that you just heal my mama. And God, my daughter's run off. I pray that you bring her back home. And God, we're broke this month and we just need a little extra. I'm not asking for a lot, just a little extra. And God and this and God and that and God and there's a leak and I don't know how to fix it. I can't afford to hire nobody. And God, water's coming in my basement uh, again. And I thought I had it fixed last time. Can you do something about, and we just go down the list and, and it's not like we're, it's not bad but that's not faith faith is when you slow down faith is when you approach the throne room of God I know that's churchy talk nonetheless faith is when we get in the presence of God and if it is your mama it's God you know my mama's sick hold on now God I don't know what's going on and I know we're all assigned a death But I'm asking for her to be healed. Lord, I see you're healed. I see you're walking right now. I I see you're rising up out of that bed. God, I believe you're going to heal her. God, I see the smile on her face right now. (laughs) See, I saw Miss Wanda when she was in the hospital about three three weeks ago. See, when we were praying on the phone... So I, I saw it. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm telling you I saw it and I believed it. And we were praying with each other over the phone and, and we're praying, God, I just thank you that you're touching Miss Wanda right now. Whatever this is in her body has got to go. And I, declared, and I declared the word of the Lord that said every plant not planted by my father must be removed. And I said, I see it. Oh, I see it. You're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. You will come out of this hospital. You will walk. Lord, bring my girl home. Lord, remove the blinders from her eyes. Lord, touch her. Lord, get this demon off her life. Lord, I just I see her in church. I see her teaching Sunday school again. I see it, God. She's got the kids laughing. (laughs) She's such a great writer. Look, she's writing the curriculum. She's writing children's curriculum. Look at it, God. Thank you. God, you know I want it now. I want it right now. But I'm trusting you. Now or tomorrow, I don't know when it will take place, but I'm I'm trusting you. I'm not ready to move on to my next item on my Christmas list. I want to talk about this item. What have you been praying about? What have you been believing God for? I mean, you really believe in it? Are you going to have called prayer meetings like we did just for Michael sitting back there? What are we doing tonight? We're going to pray. Who are we praying for? Michael. Who else? Michael. Just going to pray for Michael. All right. Well, can we pray for my mom? We will, but not now. We will, but hold on. Because we're praying deliverance. God gave me a vision and it was awful. I'll be honest with you, it was horrible. I've shared it with him. This is two, two and a half years ago. And honestly, it gave me a greater conviction to prophesy, to speak it out, even from this, even from the, the stage. I prophesied it out in the middle of one of my messages at the older building, and and I just remember, I don't even know why, it wasn't in in connection with my message, but in the middle of it, I prophesied it out that he would be delivered, that he would return to his calling. And lo and behold, God didn't just bring him, he brought a sidekick. And now they got a ministry Monday night. Setting the captives free. (laughs) Glory. James says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's not a righteous person in here. I'm not righteous. But by the blood of Jesus. But by the blood. The Bible says we are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ so that when we approach the throne room, God looks at us. And without that robe of righteousness, he says, you're not allowed in here. But with the robe of righteousness, he doesn't see these filthy rags. He sees Jesus, and he says, come on in, son. You're mine. You belong to me. Let's talk. Only by the righteousness of Jesus. If you're born again, you have the righteousness. Don't let Satan convince you that because you messed up yesterday, because you've been sinning this year, because you've made a mess out of stuff, but you know that you're born again, do not let Satan talk you out of a presence and a meeting with Jesus Christ because you're due one, you're old one. And he's waiting. He goes out of his way. Out of his way. Looking for those who are looking for him. (laughs) Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to close there. This woman, <clears throat> this woman had a terrible upbringing, a terrible lifestyle. She, and I mean, you just got to study the culture. It's awful. She mocked God. She openly would have worshipped Baal. She would have made fun of a preacher coming through her city, a Jewish preacher coming through her city. Get out of here. And in those days, she would have been marked. Tattoos, she would have had piercings everywhere. Now, can you imagine if Jesus thought, I'm going to travel 35 miles to find this woman, and he gets there and is like, oh, (laughs) I didn't know you had that tattoo. You got a sister, you got a mom, you got somebody else I can talk to because you that you're disqualified. Or what if he traveled 35 miles and he found a man who'd been in a homosexual relationship? What do you think he'd have done? Sorry. What if he'd have traveled all that way and come to find out There was a woman that had an abortion. You're disqualified. Come on, boys, let's head back. What if he showed up and it was in the middle of the day and she was drunk or high Sorry, you're out. That's not the Jesus I serve. Because he went out of his way for this woman. You think you're bad? You study these histories of these people. You're not bad. You study the sexuality, the promiscuity. You, You study what they do in these temples to these false gods. You have no idea how bad this woman was righteously and spiritually. And Jesus went out of his way to see her delivered, to see her saved, and to see her daughter get delivered. (laughs) Now we've got a non-Jew a Syrophoenician woman, a Canaanite in a region that are non-Jews who's saved. She called him Lord. Whose daughter has been delivered of a demon. Everybody knew about it. This mama would be on fire for the Lord. You want to talk about somebody spreading the gospel with the way she looked, her lifestyle, the language she spoke, the nonsense her life was, and yet in the worst of her worst, God went looking for her. Isn't that incredible? To think no matter where you are, no matter how far you stepped away, or maybe you've, You've just had a great relationship with the Lord, but then you kind of stepped away, and you're coming back, and you stepped away, and then the devil's telling you, well, you're the lukewarm church. He's going to spew you out of his mouth. Just call him what he is. He's a liar. Confess your sins to the Lord. Repent. I'm done with that lifestyle. God, save me, and he will save you. You will be set free. You will be delivered. And not only that, guess what? He will use you. You will be a minister of the gospel if you let him. Don't think you're not worthy. How many people do you think this woman led to the Lord? Sarah, how's your daughter doing? Are you kidding? You hadn't heard? She don't have the devil anymore. She's been delivered. What happened? Jesus! Who that? Well, let me tell you who it is. The Son of God. Adonai, the Most High, the Lily of the Valley. Oh, he's a bright and morning star. He's the one that set me free. He redeemed me. I call him Lord because he's my Lord. He saw me at my worst and lifted me up. The Bible says he raised her up. My God in heaven, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> it's exciting. To know that not only will He save you, will He set you free, but God will use you. When you walk out of here, you'll think, "Well, oh, the devil will be talking to you." Well, you might be saved, but don't—you can't do nothing. We know—we know what you did. You can't—I mean, set in the back. Don't—don't don't let anybody see. That's lies. That's all lies. Whatever you've been through. How do you think all the rest of your crew is going to get out of the hell they're in? You! Why's Ryan in here today? Ashley! You are an evangelist. You are called. You are anointed. You can be used. God is looking to raise up an army to set another army free. Woo! Glory. I remember we first started having meetings in in, uh, January 2020. And I said, this is what I know. God is going to take the broken. God is going to take the beat up, the abused. He's going to set them free. And out of this church are going to become musicians, people that's never played an instrument before. Songwriters that's never written a song, authors that's never written a book, singers that never sing, God is gonna use people, evangelists that are just afraid to talk to people and God will use them to speak the gospel. That's you. But you, ain't it, Jason? Whew. I don't want to end. I'm fired up. But if y'all want to go, I guess you can go. I'm just going to keep on. I'm just, I'm loving. I love the presence of the Lord. I'm excited. I've, I don't know why I've got to the end of this message, and I, now I've, I've got vision, and I just see vision. Woo! I see it, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just spend a minute and just thanking? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for vision. Thank you for what you're doing here. God, I thank you for hard-headed, dog-kicking mamas that will fight the devil, that will go walk in the pit of hell and snatch their kid out. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you for praying mamas and grandmas. Thank you, Father God, that I wouldn't be here today if it hadn't been for these mamas in this house. Thank you, God. Woo! A lot of us, we wouldn't be alive had it not been for the tenacity of mamas who, when we were at our worst, they were at the altar crying out your name. Woo! Crying out your name. When you were at your worst or when you were indifferent, crying out your name, calling you home, calling you home. And here you are. I want to ask you this morning. I know it's Mother's Day. Everybody's got plans. So just real quick, I want to ask you, if if you need prayer in here, number one, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, Don't walk out of this room without giving Him your life. Make Him your Lord today. It's incredible. You can go through hell and not get burned. You'll face trials. You'll face trouble, just like the rest of us. But you'll come out with a smile on your face. You'll come out stronger than you ever was. And you'll come out with a gold belt, a champion. I won the last round. If you're in here and you, listen, if you've drifted or you just need one of us to pray with you this morning, you're fighting him. You're fighting the Holy Spirit tug and you're fighting Satan's attack on your life. John 10.10 says, Satan come to kill you. Jesus comes to fulfill you. And you're right in the middle. Thanks for watching today's broadcast. If you were encouraged today or made a decision for Christ, let us know by visiting our website. You've got a purpose for your life. You're not in here by accident. God has a calling for you. Pursue the calling. Well, I'm not sure what it is. Then get your ugly praise on. My God, I've got an ugly one.